Welcome to the Physique Business Podcast, and I am your host, Corey Swergoss. And on today's episode, we are interviewing Martina Yabakova. She went from being a couch potato to an Olympia competitor. She started in her late 30s, eventually turning pro in the IFBB Pro ranks at the age of 41. In doing so, she has competed in four Olympias, one Arnold Classic, and has won a number of professional contests. She also owns a gym in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia, located on Main Street, and she has a great life balance between her business and her training as a competitive athlete. Ray, hit the intro and let's get into it. Welcome to the Physique Business Podcast, making money in the fitness industry. You spent hours in the gym, sweating buckets, crushing PRs, and lifting a ton of weight. Now it's time to turn that passion into a highly profitable business. Here's stories and tips of proven methods for starting and scaling your business in the fitness industry. And now your host, Corey Swergoss. Hey, Martina. Welcome to the show. I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to join us. Things have been absolutely crazy. How have you been navigating the landscape these uh, past couple months during COVID? Oh, hi, Corey. Have you, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm really excited to be here. Well, you know, life has been really quite tough, especially in Vancouver, um, owning a gym. So we have to, and a particular kind, by the way, which I can talk about a little bit later, but um, it's been it's been rough, you know, like we have to basically reinvent ourselves. I want to say almost on a daily basis, we have to come up with different type of ideas. And but you know what, we're still standing. It's been a year, you know, and we haven't been that bad. So I can't complain. My community is still intact. Oh, that's really good to hear. So you turned pro after the age of 40. Since turning, <laughs> well, congratulations. Thanks. <laughs> but what extra responsibility has come along with that? And what has changed in your life since getting that IFPB Pro card? Well, actually, my life has changed tremendously because my view on training and even like, I want to say almost managing people's fitness and lives has changed Um like completely. So before I did this, you know, I was into like endurance training. I was training people that were on the younger side. So I didn't manage injuries very well. I didn't manage, I don't know, just so many aspects of, of bodybuilding that have changed my life. And so anyway, I, I incorporated as much of my bodybuilding into the training that I do for others. And that's really the major difference. As far as my life, I have to train more. I got to take care of uh, better of myself, which I think is like, is an obligation that I'm really happy to have. Um, because I have, for the longest time, taken care of others. And if it wasn't for the obligation of doing this for bodybuilding, I'd probably be obese. So that's an advantage. Um, it also put me out there. You know, I think my message is very strong, but it made it even stronger. And, uh, and I really love bodybuilding. It's like the best hobby I could have ever picked. It's, I never made it into a career myself, but it was by choice. Mm -hmm. Before getting to the industry, were you more of an introvert? Like you said that this was able to get you out there. Was it something that um, that you kind of had to adapt or was it something that was always natural for you? No, I'm afraid I always had an opinion. So I came with it and I just wanted to shout it loud and clear. By the time my, my platform was quite small and mm -hmm. now it just gives me a little bit more space. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about Train uh, on Main, you know, the gym that yeah. you have. And let's talk about uh, what that is and, uh, and, and how becoming an IFBB pro has helped you in the business side of things with that gym. 
Right. So when I started uh, personal training, it was out of wanting to take care of myself. So mm -hmm. I had um, a job like a corporate job where I was making really good amount of money, but I was also overweight and then decided to start training myself. Then I wanted to know more about training myself because I was absolutely hopeless. So I took the course, the training, the certificates. I, you know, and then I just tried to educate myself as best as possible. And then I decided that instead of basically um, I was managing a catering company instead of cooking and feeding people, you know, food that would make them unhealthy, that I wanted to train them. So I started at the very basic level um, as a personal trainer in a larger gym. And then uh, after a few years and very successful years, I have to say I was working 12 hours per day thinking about, you know, how am I going to continue to do this, you know, six, seven days a week for the rest of my life for a pay that I did not really think, you know, was going to sustain. I, I, I was able to, to sustain. So anyway, I decided that um, I wanted to train people in group. And so it was not really um, something that was done at the time, like smaller group um, of people. And that's actually where I decided to train, um, to open my own gym and then start bringing people together. But only four or five at the time. I'm not talking. I used to teach these huge classes at the YMCA that had like 60 people. And I didn't think it was right either. So it was in between. And then while I'm trying to build my gym at the same time, I became... Um, interested in bodybuilding because I wanted to give an outlet to female my age to uh, kind of showcase what their hard work at the gym was. And what was really interesting about that is I decided to uh, get more information about it. And then I ended up doing it myself and none of my clients ever competed. So the way I actually incorporated bodybuilding into my life and into my, uh, my business is I want to show people that they have complete control over what they look like but it's more than that. It's not just just the physique, but it's also the fact that it takes a lot of work and dedication and motivation to get you there. And if you don't have it all properly set up, then you have to accept what you have and do the best with what you've got. And it's taken me very far. For sure. That, that, that's awesome. So you, you did go into business with your partner as well. How has that been? Um, has it been a challenge or has it enhanced your life being with your partner in the gym itself? You know what? I, I opened the gym on my own. Um, oh, in really? Okay. And, okay. Yes. I, uh, I was all by myself. So, and then two years later, um, I meet Mark St. Arnaud, and he, he started as my, um, as my trainer, my coach. Uh, we became partners a little bit longer. He's an absolute complement to everything at the gym for me because I am, uh, it's hard to explain, but my style of training is a little different. I like variation because I started so late in life. I'm like, I'm almost like a princess in the gym. Like, I don't like to suffer. I don't like to sweat. I do not <laughs> like heavy weights. I don't like, uh, it's really difficult. You know, it's like I had to overcome so many barriers. I haven't even overcome them. I just like put on like a system that makes me, allows me to do things that I don't necessarily enjoy doing for the purpose of, for having a purpose anyway. So, but he's very different than me. So like where I don't pay attention enough, I suppose, to technique and certain things, he's very regimented. Um, I am like all heart, you know, and he's skills. It's like, we're a very, very good compliment. That's really cool. So has it changed at all where you didn't want to sweat? You didn't want to lift heavy weights. Has your mentality changed now that uh, you're in the IFBB pro ranks? You know what? It hasn't. I really? am <laughs> a very, very unique case of 
of professional bodybuilding, I have to say, I, I do not identify with any of you who were basically born bodybuilders, always wanted to do this and that. I just I basically fell into it by accident. Um, doing my research for my clients because I thought, you know, if I could get some female to do some, you know, some shows or anything like that, they'd, ha they'd be motivated to to push themselves a little further. And and when I realized that I was really good at it, I just kind of ran with it. But unfortunately, it hasn't really changed the person that I am. It's like, and, and again, you know, for all the people out there, do not start at 40 because by that time, I was, I'm ingrained, I'm set in stone, you know, like when I go to the gym on a daily basis, it's me, I have to talk to myself. I have to be like, you know, why you're doing this? And you're going to go and you're going to do this. And it's like ev everything about dieting and training for me is basically forced. Gotcha. Gotcha. It's pretty crazy because it's so unconventional compared to, you know, many of the other athletes that I've interviewed on this show. Um, you know, a lot of them start early. It's their lifelong goal. They suffer. They love to suffer. And then hearing this from you is completely different from the typical athletic journey. So it's very crazy. And it actually proves that you are a superhuman overall to be able to amass the muscle mass that you have um, and be able to get lean and not have to go through some of the torturous um, you know, aspects of contest prep that some of your you know, fellow competitors do to be able to get to the stage. Yeah, but it, it's, uh, it's just a different journey for sure. But I, I have to say, I mean, like I do this really at a professional level because I'm really, really good at it. But also fell into it, like I said, by accident. And everything that happened to me basically was just, it was written for me. And now mm -hmm. I feel like I can't just walk away from bodybuilding because I, th I don't think that all those things would have lined themselves up to get me where I am if I wasn't meant to do it. But I got to tell you, every step of the way, I fight myself. Waking up early in the morning to do my cardio is like, it's already a challenge. I mean, I open my eyes and here I am, the chatter starts, you know? I want to stay in bed, I'm tired, I don't want to do this, why am I doing this? And then like the whole day is, is meant like that. Every time I eat my food, it's like I had to like build this entire system around my own behavior. And I think that, that also made me into a better coach because I really, really understand more so than a lot of people what it is to be on the other side. You mm -hmm. know, what, what it is, how hard it is to make it to the gym. I mean, my first weight lifting sessions were so mentally grueling that I would basically work myself into this frenzy. I'd go to Starbucks, drink a couple of coffees, work myself up and be like, I'm going. And maybe once out of 10 times, I'd drive all the way to the gym only to drive back home because I was scared to, to train. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. Like, did, did you have any athletic background before this? Any other sports? No, I'm afraid there's zero. zero. I mean, like, when I say zero, it's even worse than that. I mean, I was fired <laughs> basically from ballet when I was like 12 years old. And I remember I was behind my mom and, and she didn't even know this. And the, uh, the ballet instructor says, listen, your, your, your daughter, she, her legs, they're huge. And then she and she says to my mom, she's like, she's more suited for something like football and football is soccer where I come mm -hmm. from. Yeah. And I remember my mom he, saying clearly, she says, oh, that girl's got not an athletic bone in her. And so from that point on, all the way until my early 30s, I had not ran. I've never taught like I've never even been in a gym, to be honest with you. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. Truly, uh, truly astonishing to hear. It's blowing my mind right now hearing this. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which is awesome. Um, but what is your role at the gym and how do you manage, um, you know, just from a business standpoint, how do you manage your time between the gym and being a professional athlete? Um, I got to tell you that I, I have a really hard time striking a balance between the two, but I'm so happy 
and fortunately to have like a really supportive community. So because I grew as a professional bodybuilder with uh, with my gym, basically all the people around me, they support me. They are with me. They everything that I need to do, they'll give me time and energy to do so. Mm -hmm. um, so what I do usually is well, for, for, like I have to admit that uh, for the longest time I had a an, a real off season, like to the point where for six months of the year, I did nothing, right? Crazy. Because I didn't really realize that, that, you know, you needed to use or utilize your off season to actually make improvement. I was mm -hmm. not there yet. So I had decided that, you know, for six months, I'm going to take care of my clients 99% of my time. And, and that's what I do. I don't have any hobbies. I don't have, I don't do anything else in life, but take care of my business for, or used to six months of the year only so I could wake up basically in January and be like, okay, it's bodybuilding time. Mm -hmm. And then I started to take time away from my gym little by little, you know, I would delegate my classes and my clients and I would see them less and less. But I've always, always wanted to support people, not as being like the most present person in their lives, but to get them free and enjoy, you know, their own training. So they understood that they were like, okay, Martina counts on me to come to the gym twice per week. I'll do that in support to her because she can't see me three times per week. So mm -hmm. I started to delegate and let go a little bit. Then I would travel for a couple of weeks somewhere, you know, do a show, for example, come back, get straight back into my gym for like another 99% of my time. And then I would just juggle between the two. Um, lately, because I had started to um, climb the ladder um, in the IFBB, it became a little bit more serious. So I started to take longer and longer. So once upon a time, I'd just take a week off prior to my competition to really dial everything in, then travel, do my competition and be back at work on Monday, uh, even if the competition was on a Sunday. And mm -hmm. then it became like I needed a little bit more time this year, for example, for the Arnold. I was injured. So I took three weeks um, to go to Columbus, train a little bit harder, take care of myself, do my show and then come back. But I have to tell you, it's, it's really hard. It's hard. Maybe I make it harder than it is, but I feel like if I'm not 100% into my uh, business, then I feel like I fail people. Mm -hmm. and, and because I'm not 100% into my bodybuilding either, I fail myself. So I'm always a little bit on the cusp of what's more important and I, I haven't been able to choose. For sure. And I mean, you know, anytime you have to deal with the HR side of things and hiring employees and stuff like that, um, how, how has that been? I mean, obviously, if you're, if you're taking off for three weeks or a month to go do a competition, how do, how do like, how have you found the right staff? Like, what, like, how has that process been? And has it been difficult? Has it been seamless? Like, like what's, what's kind of that been to, so that you can step away from your business for, for that prolonged period of time and still have it run? You know what? My business was small enough. I mean, we basically have eight cages and take I don't know, a dozen of clients at the time. has been mm -hmm. small enough that we had like a litany of independent personal trainers that would come to the studio, train their clients and just pay us. But we also run small classes, personal training. And, uh, and this is where Mark, my partner, really stepped into my shoes. He would basically teach every single class to replace me. Um, he would take my clients when necessary and I would then coach my clients online only. Um, but we got to the point where we had enough and that was just pre-COVID where our business was big enough that we started to hire um, staff. And, you know, at first it was actually a really good experience. We found people that were just, had their own specialty and they were different than we were. And we thought that was a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, so my partner, uh, Mark, is like, is a, uh, is a bodybuilder and, you know, I'm a figure professional. And then uh, we had like a crossfitter. And then we had this gentleman who was more into functional training. And we have all these people that had their own strength. And at first we wanted to play um, 
all the aspects of our own personal strength together. And I think that the studio really thrive on that. But the issue is because of how I built this studio on how to basically manage your body composition, people did not come to the studio to like have fun workouts or try you know a crossfit workout versus a person uh, versus personal training or even a bodybuilding workout so what ha happened is that we started to not see the results that we used to when just mark and i were training um these people individually mm -hmm. and so we decided that we needed to let go of all of the the stuff that does not have the same viewpoint in terms of training that mark and i we have and we're like very much bodybuilders right we lift really heavy and we do cardio only when we have to Interesting. It's kind of an interesting philosophy about trying to be a jack of all trades or try to be a very personalized boutique niche gym. Um, yeah. How long? So like it, it sounds like you, it took you a little while to find that groove of who, who, like, who your gym really is, what it stands for, and really what your ideal customer or clientele is. Um, it's, it's taken a very long time, Corey. Actually, it's uh, so we're in our 11th year now. And then when I started, another thing that is very unique about our gym is that I was not so well versed into uh, barbell training, but I had, you know, picked up a little bit of it. So when I designed the gym and I'm all by myself and I don't know anything at the beginning, I'm thinking, you know, I really want to train people with bars, especially female. That, like, that was like my, my goal was to take female into weightlifting, basically. So I, I created this gym and I, I have eight cages, you know, with like bars and benches and it's nice and solid basically scared every female component of my clientele out. All their husbands came in and they're like, woo, great gym, and all the women left. So then I had to like reinvent the whole concept of how to introduce weightlifting to women without scaring them. And it was even more scary because my physique, mm -hmm. as great as I think it is, is not appealing to like to the masses. Mm -hmm. So more often than not, women will walk into the gym and say, you know what, you look amazing, but your physique is not for me. And it's actually really funny when you think about it because like chances of them ever looking like me are not that that high. But that it took a really <laughs> long time for me to figure out how to bring women in, yeah. train them in such a way that they get results that are more in line with their own goals and, and desires, basically what they want to look like, and then involve all the people around me in the process. And we, we finally struck the right balance. That's awesome, that's really good. What would you say um, would define success for you in business? I just want to do what I'm doing now in a greater scale because I think it's it's a beautiful, beautiful uh, like prospect and concept, and and it's trying to really open up again. Like talk, I always talk about female because it's like it's really what I'm passionate about. Mm -hmm. But when I started in this business, only men basically weightlifted, right? And then my physique did not become mainstream until very recently. Um, more so in North America than in the rest of the world. Even in the other gyms, when I go to Europe, for example, or Africa, where I'm from, like I'm the only girl in the gym, right? I'd like to like open up the world basically to female in the gym, female um, weightlifting without looking like bodybuilders or myself, um, women getting stronger and like just more, you know, like just, just make them more comfortable. So I'm doing this at a very small scale because it basically me, my partner and I, and then like a handful of people, but really success in business for me, I don't even like talk about business. Success in life for me would be to spread the word and then get more women into weightlifting. Very cool. Um, in terms of your, you know, yourself as an athlete, I mean, obviously you've won some incredible IFBB pro shows now. What's uh, on tap for you in 2021? You know, this is also, am I, I'm at a, um, 
at okay on the cusp of i don't really know to be honest with you and then the reason why is also my age right i mean basically since i started training in my early 30s um people walk around telling me whoa you know like great for you and uh, but don't forget that like basically tomorrow you'll be an old person so i basically wake up every single morning thinking you know what i need to take advantage of now because there will be possibly no tomorrow mm -hmm. so a couple of years ago i heard really really badly both of my knees i have some tears and cartilage and i needed um a surgery which i didn't do because i had i was already due to go to the arnold right so then i had this terrible show at the arnold but my character is not about going there to win my character is if i was invited i'm gonna go so i showed up you know and i did what i was supposed to do and then unfortunately i did a repeat at the um at um the olympia this year but I am at a point where I have to either look at continuing to do bodybuilding and making my physique probably a little bit worse for it or taking my health into my hands and giving up bodybuilding. But uh, you know what? Again, you know, even though my heart tells me that I should take care of my body, I am going to continue to compete until, you know, I step on stage at least 16, not because, you know, my legs are down or I didn't diet properly, but because I don't belong there. Totally, totally. Well, I mean, you get such a late start, so you're still just a puppy in the competition scene. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, you know, it's been an absolute pleasure. I thank you very much for taking time out of your day. I know you're obviously, you know, stepped out from your gym to be able to do this. Um, you know, I wish you nothing but thank the you. best and all the success in the world. And uh, hopefully down the line, we can have you back again. I would love that, Corey. Thank you so much for having me on the Physique Business Podcast. Awesome. Take care. Thank you, Martina. Take care. Bye. All right. The episode is over. I hope you got a tremendous amount of value from it. If you could do me a favor and subscribe up on Apple Podcast as well as Spotify, be greatly appreciated. If you did like the episode, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcast. This is a influential sports production. It is a original production, and we have new episodes coming weekly.